0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I want you to listen tonight. I've pushed the pause button here for three weeks for a good reason, because if you don't understand this, you will never experience God's plan for your life unfold. Because we live in a world where there is pressure to conform. Expectation to be who God never created us to be. Demands placed upon us to do what God never graced us to do. We watch other people and we think, well, if they do it, I should be doing it as well. Not necessarily necessarily. And sometimes we see people with different capacity and we think we have the same capacity. Everybody has his own capacity. Everybody has his own gifts. Everybody has his own style. He is her style. And until you don't listen to what I say, I don't think God can move you on. I have to be very honest. Because you can pray, you can confess, you can fast, you can can call on God. But until you do not become comfortable in your skin, in your design, you are not working with God's grace and really to walk out the plan of God in your life shouldn't be this burdensome, laborsome journey where very seldom you have a highlight in your life. As a matter of fact, your whole life should be a reel of highlights and every now and again there's a low light but when we, when we, when we get knocked down there we get up again. Because we know we're not called to be the bottom of the barrel. We're not, God never found us from a, a, a scrap metal heap. God never got us from the bottom of the barrel. God designed us before you were formed, David said, in your mother's womb. However you got in your mother's womb, whether you know your father or not, it doesn't matter. God predestined for you to be alive at this time. God predestined for you to be born. And you were designed by God, not by your father, not by your mother. You were designed by God to be alive at this time and you have to accept it. I don't care if you're an orphan. I mean, I do care. But that does not cancel you. That's why I'm outspoken. We don't allow culture to cancel us. We don't allow the agendas of politicians to cancel us. We don't allow the confusion of this world to identify who we are. So you better know who you are if you don't. You always live, try to to get somebody to tell you who you are. That's why people are confused. And the most confused people that are pushing agendas on purpose are people that sit in tertiary institutions, in higher-grade institutions, some of the most prominent universities trying to push agendas, which really is agendas that are confusing us. So this first time, suddenly people who knew who they were don't know who they were, and uh, people uh, suddenly um, have hundred classifications of of what you can be. No, sorry, sorry, man, you must Amen. Yes. So Matthew chapter 16. Let's talk about. Um, Pursuing who you are and what God has for you. I want to say this because obviously I'm a pastor and we've raised our kids in the ways of God. And I know my voice carries tremendous weight in the lives of my children. And I've been very, very cautious to not tell my children who they are. I mean, who they are in Christ. And I've celebrated their strengths, but I've never told them what their calling is I've never told them what they should do even now sometimes um, they will come to me and they will say to me daddy what do you want me to do I say no wrong question tell me what you should be doing tell me who you are because you can't always be trying to find out who you are because once you discover who you are you will discover what you must do maybe the most powerful thing you can discover in life is your I must because that's when you go beyond the place of seeking God to where God actually gets a hold of you. And then you rest in your design and you no longer strive to be who you are not. And, and we'll go through this and I'll show you very often the people that talk you out of your destiny are those closest to you. So you better be sure who you are. And you better find yourself in God and understand your grace. And even if everybody celebrates you and says, you are great, you are great and we're going to support you in this. If God never called you for what they are cheering you on for, it's not going to work. It's going to frustrate you and it's going to frustrate uh, everybody else. That's what the Bible says, do not frustrate the grace of God. We're not talking about saving grace, we're talking about this uh, the grace of God that is in line with your destiny, which is what you do every day of your life. It's not your I am that gets you out of bed in the morning, it's your I must that gets you out of bed every morning. Your I must fills you with purpose and your I must is what gives you vision. Your I must is what gives you that drive in life. Like the Apostle Paul says, I laboured more than anybody else, yet not I the grace of God. And I'll finish the sentence I started just now. It's one thing for you to get a hold of God, it's another thing when God gets a hold of you. When God gets a hold of you, everything about your life changes, you become different. You are focused, you are purpose driven, you are not a rollover, you cannot be intimidated, you cannot be pushed aside, you cannot be minimized, It doesn't matter who betray you, you have an eye mask on the inside of you, die Afrikaans sê dit my mooi, die dwang van die heren is my opgeleid, wanneer die dwang jou beet kry, nie net ek is a kind van die heren en ek vloei 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 nie, nie, die dwang van die heren is my opgeleid, so uh, let's see a, a conversation because Jesus is our example. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. So Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi. He asked the disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So he knows who he is. He tells them, but he's asking them people's opinion. Not that it matters to Jesus because he doesn't need anybody to ratify him, he doesn't need validation. He doesn't need people to vote. He knows who he is. So they said, Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a church planter. Some say you're an evangelist. Some say you should be a lawyer. Some say this. Some say that. Others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets, he said to them, But who do you say that I am? You need those close to you to recognize your grace. Otherwise, they will interfere with your grace. Are you listening? I'm going to say it again. He's asking them this because his plan is not just to go to the cross. He wants what he started to continue. So he needs them to recognize the grace. So Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 5 verse uh, 16 says, We regard no one according to the flesh. We don't look at people according to the flesh. We have to discern them through the grace of God, if we're gonna understand the call of God upon their lives. Otherwise we interfere with the call of God as we'll see now Peter does in a, in a few verses. Of the great revelation, he interferes with the very I must of Jesus. By being emotional, sentimental, and he expresses his feelings. Watch those private conversations people have with you. When people emotionally come to you and talk to you, and address your hurt and, 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 and play to your sentiment or play to your ego. Cause it can get you right out of God's place for your life. Cause I'll say it a million times, you will and can only do what God has graced you for. And you can't earn that grace. You cannot work for that grace. You cannot pray for that grace. That grace is unearned. It's undeserved, it's unmerited. It's something that God places upon your life so that you never get a big hit. So that when you do great things for God, God is the one who gets the glory. Say amen today and give the Lord a praise. Come on, while I take a I've moved from ginger tea to something else. And do good this there, kijk. It's not all good that you drink the women in Britorea in the pot tea, drink. me just say it for you. Let me just say you know. So Jesus answered him, so Simon, uh, Peter recognises you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bojona, for flesh and blood is not revealed to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So he discerns Jesus as a man, but also as the Son of God. And that's where we make a mistake. We get familiar with people's grace. Your husband is a doctor and you begin to complain that he's working so hard. But you married him knowing that the grace on his life is to be a doctor your husband is a businessman the grace of god is for him to to expand new territory and 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 to 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 build businesses and now you begin to complain Girl, recognize the grace on that man before you marry him. you don't want to interfere with that grace on him he says also do you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven Then He commanded His disciples that they should tell no one that He was Jesus the Christ because it was premature for everybody to know His assignment. Sometimes you have to be quiet about what God has called you to do. Because people will try to stop you. Sometimes you just have to do what God called you to do and tell no one. Because you don't need anybody's permission to do what you have been graced to do. I'm not saying you live as an island unto yourself, but sometimes you just have to shut up and get on with it. Amen. You ask three of your friends what they think about what you wanna do, they'll all have a different opinion. So listen now, so, 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 so Jesus talks about his I am, and then he moves on to his I must, and watch what happens when He takes the relationship with the disciples to a whole nother level. Because they're comfortable with Him being who they can understand. But they're not comfortable with Him moving in a dimension, a level that requires the ultimate sacrifice. And that is the laying down of your life for the cause and the purpose of Christ. That's the I must, not my will be done, but thy will be done. I live for the purpose of God, for the glory of God. So from that time, Jesus began to show to the disciples That he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and to be raised the third day. Now Peter, Peter, Peter the big mouth, Peter the opinionated one, Peter the one who really did love Jesus. He's not coming to attack Jesus, but now sentimentally he's having a conversation with Jesus. Listen, in the context of people that interfere with your grace through showing that they care but they have conversations to interfere with the grace that is upon your life. It's why you have to be very cautious who you talk with very careful who you listen to when it comes to your assignment in life. You have to know your design, know your assignment and choose a select few voices that love you and that will help you fulfill your assignment in life. So Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Hey Peter. Now he's telling Jesus what Jesus can't do. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now Jesus turns to Peter and He says, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offence to me. What's He saying? You are a stumbling block. If I listen to you, I will step outside of my I must. If I listen to your sentiment, I'm going to step out of my I must. So He takes him aside, He rebukes him. And He says to Peter, the very same Peter, that had the revelation. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus takes it a little bit deeper. He talks about His greater call, which is to go to the cross, to die for the world, to rise again, that is not gonna be with Him forever. And Peter says, no, this can't be, this can't be. And he starts to rebuke Jesus. I don't think he said Jesus down to rebuke in an unkind way. I think he's talking to Jesus and he's saying, emotionally says, I don't agree with this decision, Jesus. I can't see it happening, etc. And Jesus is quick to stop him. Why? Because if we listen to the wrong voices, they will interfere with us. Listen. If we listen to the wrong voices, they will push us outside of our grace. And if you step outside of your grace, God is not obligated to bless you, to keep you, because God blesses what He has already predestined. So the teaching that goes around, anybody can be a leader. No, everybody has leadership, but everybody's not a leader. Everybody has leadership, not everybody can be a leader. Not everybody can be a doctor. Not everybody can be a lawyer. Not everybody can have his own business. Not everybody can uh, uh, be a pastor. Not everybody, anybody can buy a microphone and, 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 and rent a hall and say a few things, but not everybody has the grace to build a church. And God's not gonna bless you because you have money to buy a microphone, money to buy a sound system, and you put on your little card, I'm an apostle, bishop, prophet, uh, uh, therefore God's gonna bless me. God pays no attention to your title. All God sees is who God designed you to be, and God is not gonna bless you outside of your grace. Amen, this should be liberating. So not everybody can be a farmer. I mean, my grandfather was a farmer my, on both sides of the family, etc. Uh, Noretta's father was a farmer. A far, but give me a farm, I'll run into the ground. I don't have the grace or the patience to be a farmer. So I'm not talking about the guy that's got a farm and I cake. and said, I'm talking about somebody that understands the soil, that understands agriculture. Somebody that is graced to be an, a farmer. A farmer. Not everybody can be a farmer. Not everybody can be a developer. Not everybody can, can, can be a hairstylist. We are all different. We have different callings, different designs. Not everybody can be a master chef. Amen. Not everybody can be an evangelist and pitch a tent and preach and a crowd shows up. Only, you can only do what you are designed to do and what you are graceful. So you have to, and I'm going to say it again and again because I don't know why we struggle with this. The most liberating thing that can happen to you is to know what you have and what you don't have. Both. Is to celebrate. This is how I do it. This is what I've got. This is me. And you don't like it? Speak to the hand. Thank you. But I'm not gonna change me for you. I'm not gonna be who you expect me to be because it doesn't sit comfortable with me. This armor is not designed for me. I can do what God called me to do. And if you're in your grace, you're in a, your sweet spot. And if you're in your sweet spot, your, your grace fuels you. You are energized, you are motivated, and you are successful. Listen, 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 listen. Ask me to make food. It's a disaster. You understand, COVID, I had to make a lot of food. I hated every moment of it. Sorry, I'll take you out for a meal. You say, Pastor, you need to learn to cook. I can, but I hate it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Some of you love to be in the kitchen. I don't. It's not my grace. Um, I got, I'm in the ministry, and I'm an evangelist, and we start, my word. How people have pushed me outside of my grace. It's a miracle, I'm still saying. And, um... So we started Eagle's Nest, a little coffee shop, and it was it was there to save souls, and and we saved souls. Every Friday night, every Saturday night, it was in the center of Bloomingdale, and we reached hundreds and hundreds of people. Then we sat in a church board meeting one night, and there was this little lady, uh, a French lady, Ma de Jardin. And we sit there, and those days, all decisions were made on votes. Now the Lord spoke to me about Eagle's Nest. I submitted that to the pastor. It didn't cost the church a cent, but it was under the authority of the, of, of, of the church. And it was meant, and it was volunteers. We fasted, we prayed, God did everything. And it was a place to, to reach people from and bring them back there after we get them saved to council. And yes, she comes with a bright, bright plan. She says, let's turn the coffee shop into a business. And the pastor buys it hook line and sinker and he turns to me and he says you will run it now remember I just came out of uh, uh, being a salesman and, and, and out of uh, doing business etc and the next and, and I'm in the ministry witnessing to people etc and, 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 and she comes with an idea and the pastor says okay you run it and I thought hello Joseph there's your present So now it wasn't just about winning sales. It was about making food. I hated it. I grew through it. But I knew it's not my grace. Because every lunchtime between 12 and 2, I'm there. And then there's this volunteer roster where people had to show up to come and help me. And they never showed up. And suddenly 40, 50 people show up at the same time. And I have to serve. I have to make the hot dogs and the hamburgers and the crumpets and the waffles and absolutely everything and I did it but I knew this is not me this is not my calling this is a season please listen to me if your job is like that you're doing the wrong thing and I did it I served everybody in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then I had to wash the dishes and and do all the nonsense like that, etc. If you come to me, I'll still, there's not a dirty dish in my house. I learned that. You rinse a plate after you ate. um, You rinse a cup after you drank coffee because it's easier to clean it later on, etc, etc, etc. I learned it there but do I like to go stand in the kitchen and cook a meal? You're going to come, I'll maybe brine meat for you. But if you think I'm going to make a three course meal or a four course meal or a five course meal, this is the wrong person. You're not going to have a great meal when you come to me. You'll have a great meal when I take you to a restaurant. Amen. Come on, how many of you, some of you can testify. But then I have friends, they build a whole house around the kitchen because they just love making food. So I'm saying that because you, you should just have these great times in your social life. What you do should be what you were designed to do and it should be easy. It should come naturally to you. It shouldn't steal your joy and your peace. You shouldn't have to confess the joy of the Lord is my strength. You should be excited to go to work. The challenge to sell a house, the challenge to move forward, the challenge to design a building. You should love what you do. Climbing in that airplane and taking the passengers to mainsay. Oh, I mean, to that island. Break away with my break away with SAA or whatever it is. Amen. You should love it. Not put on your captain's uniform and hate every moment of it. You should feel this sits right with me. I love what I do. I'm designed what I do. Because not everybody can be a pilot. Listen to me. A good fighter pilot can never be a commercial pilot. That guy has got the personality for war. But outside of war, he's going to be a disaster. He's going to take a risk. And the passengers are going to pay the price. So you have a certain DNA. You have to understand it. Winston Churchill was good for the Second World War, but after the Second World War, in a time of peace, he was not the right leader. So everybody has their place. Say amen. Your daddy wants you to take over his business. Maybe that's not your design. Your daddy wants you to go farm. Maybe that's not your design, your calling. Now oh, people are Quiet trying to help you I'm not trying to discredit your father I'm telling you you have to know who you are and you have to know your design like Jesus did out of his I must I know it sounds simple what I say but it's actually very profound because sometimes people have emotional conversations and it confuses our I must We're not talking about how I want. Because there's a lot of things people want to do that they're not designed to do. I want to play for the Springbok rugby team. Who doesn't? Well, it's just not going to happen. So, Jesus knows His I Am. If you, in, in the book of John, there are seven I Ams. John chapter 1, He says, I am the light of the world. John chapter 5, He says, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 11, He says, I am the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 10, He says, I am the door of the sheep. In John chapter 10 also, He says, I am the good shepherd. In John chapter 14, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He knew exactly who He was. Nobody could confuse Jesus. In John chapter 15, He says, I am the true vine. He knew who He was. And because He knew who He was, He could live dedicated to His Father's will. He lived surrendered to His Father's will. He lived knowing He is the Son of God. He discovered that from the Scripture that He was the Son of God. Even when His his mother doubted at one stage and His relatives doubted, He knew that He had to go to the cross. Nobody understood that, but somehow through revelation, His relationship with God, he understood totally. This is what I was born for. I was born to be the saviour of the world. I was born son of man and son of God. I was born as the light of this world. I was born as the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's why in the garden of Gethsemane, when he wrestled, sweating great drops of blood, he said, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. What is he praying? He says, Father... I am here to serve my I must. Because you will give account to God one day for your I must. So the same for us. We want to move from I am to I must. That is going to require surrender. That is going to require discovering yourself in God first. Who you are. Not discovering yourself in people's affirmation. We spoke about it today and it's actually pitiful for me. How people will run to social media to see how many people liked what they posted. As if that matters. Who cares how many likes you get on a post? And then ask yourself, why do people like what you said? Or the picture that you put... See, people want many posts. Girls especially, they take the picture from a certain angle. Say, preach. You take your picture with you sitting in church. Let's see how many likes you get. You take your picture tomorrow when you wake up and it's like... I'm having a great, great Monday. (laughs) Nobody knows what they're doing. That's amazing. Nobody knows what they're doing. That's the most amazing thing in the world. Um, Amen. (laughs) I say to girls all the time, you're not an advertising board. that guy that likes your stuff on social media what's his agenda he doesn't even know you but he sends a little heart and he likes you what's his agenda you think he wants to have a prayer meeting with you So, so don't advertise yourself in the wrong way Because you attract what you want, right? I see you're the only people in church tonight sitting up there. Nobody else is here. It's like there was a time in America, the young pastors all did this. And I thought, what nonsense is this? They come out of gym and then they take these pictures of them out of gym. And the shirt is off, etc. And it's like, praise God, having a great workout session here this morning. Blessed be the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like... Having a great time. No. Okay, Pastor. We see you. (laughs) We definitely don't see the anointing. Okay. I'll move on. (laughs) I'm not criticizing, I'm trying to help you understand that. Because um, if you know who you are, you don't seek validation. And you don't listen, and you don't seek unwanted attention. Unwanted attention. Unwanted attention. What do you want? Unwanted attention. What are you looking for? When when you have God's attention, and I'm not spiritualizing everything, but when you have God's attention, and when you know who you are in Him, and you know your purpose, you're a cut above. You don't put yourself on the level of the people in the world that just make themselves an advertising campaign. Even when you're a model, and we have several in our church, there's a way to present yourself tastefully without losing your dignity. Because you ultimately represent Christ, right? Right? So if your eye must is to go into the fashion industry and to be a shining light for Christ in the fashion industry, I'm for that. And you can you can you can go through that competition and maintain your dignity. You can be a top actress and refuse, like we have in our church. Some of them they refuse to do certain scenes, it's in their contract. But they say, we are not going to smooch. We'll do a little, but we're not going to smooch in a C. Meaning, if you want me, I'm good enough. I don't have to sell out to your standards in the world so that I can get the contract. I'm going to get the contract in any case because God's favour is upon me. And if you want me to lose myself to get the job, it's not going to happen. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. You don't need the boss's attention to get promotion in the company. Let's say it as it is, man. These companies take people away and they, they they wine and dine the people and they promise them you are the greatest and the most wonderful and you're gonna get the promotion and all they are doing is deceiving people to get something that the world wants from those people. Listen, you don't sell yourself out to anybody. You are more than more, you, you are more important than that. You are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. You don't have to sell out to people in this world to get where God has called you to go because God has favoured you, God has graced you. Listen, Daniel, Shadrach and define decided not to be defied by the delicacies that this world offered to them. They refused to lose themselves in this journey of life because God's favour was upon them. They did not act like the world, talk like the world, dress like the world, be like the world to get ahead in life. They were different. They walk differently. They live differently. And God promoted them. God blessed them. Listen, the favor of God will promote you. The favor of God will exalt you. The favor of God will get you where no man can get you. So don't be a sellout. Celebrate who God made you to be. And be that person in Jesus' name. Amen. And then watch how God will bring the right person into your life. Every post on social media says something about you. And if there's a real guy that's a serious guy, he looks at your social media. And you better make sure that your things are right on social media if you are serious about finding a good husband. Because do you think the guy doesn't scroll through your social media if he's going to date you? You know you all do it. Huh? I did it with my children. I take the phones, somebody wants to do that, I must take me the phones, then I scroll through the social media, the last three, four, five years, dan staan die ou daar, sonder hem, met a beer bottle, maar nou is hy soos, bruise hierop, al stoor, ek is nou gered, nou wat doen die foto's nog op social media? as jij gered is, ons wil nie die nonsens van jou lewe sien nie, gaan nie reis jou verlede, gaan nie reis jou foto's, kry dit van jou sociale media platform af, zodat so mensen mense kan sien, jy is een nieuwe skepsel, jy is een nieuwe skepping in Christus Jesus, kan ik een amen kry van iemand die so hand in Jesus naam. You bring for a husband, maybe you should just go clean up your social media, Okay, whatever. Or, or continue being your advertising board. Let's see how that works for you. Let's see. Let's see where you end with that. Okay, and I'm, I'm saying that because people are looking for affirmation. Your affirmation is in who God created you to be. It's in who you are. It's being secure in Him. Right? So Jesus knows exactly who He is. And this is my message to you tonight. You have to know who you are. You were born an original. We spoke about that last week. You're not going to die a copy. You're not going to lose yourself in this journey of life. I'm not saying you've made mistakes and that makes you bad. But you can rectify it tonight. Tonight you can turn a, f- a new leaf in your in your, in your your book. Tonight you can write a new chapter. Tonight you can put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight you can get up out of whatever it is you have to get up out of. And, and, and be that person that God called you to be be everything God created you to be why do we want to be a a, a version of who God created us to be be everything be beautiful be intelligent be smart be holy be righteous be attractive be a hard worker be what people in the world cannot be be joyful be happy people should look at you and should say wow look at him look at her and and, and 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 they have no power over you. They cannot control you. They cannot manipulate you. And you never lower yourself to their level, ever. Because the day you do it, they lose respect for you. So the sons of Issachar understood exactly who they were. And what their calling was. In Romans chapter 12, Paul addresses this. I won't go long. Um, just another, like. 50 no I'll be sure. don't worry Romans 12 verse 1 it says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies say it tonight put your hand on yourself wherever and say my body say it is the temple of the Holy Ghost say it again my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost your body is not a trash can You don't just put anything in your body and think you're going to be okay. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You need to respect your body as much as you respect your spirit. Amen. You can't eat chocolate cake from the morning till the evening and think you're going to be okay. He says, I beseech you. I urge you that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Now a sacrifice is an offering where you give yourself to God every day. This truth goes beyond just living a holy life. This truth goes deeper to the place where you live holy, devoted to God and to the purpose of God for your life. That's why you have to present your body to God every day of your life as a vessel of honour. He says, and do not be conformed to this world because the world wants to mould you according to their image and they want to rob you of the image of Christ. They want to force their way upon you, that company you are working for. Suddenly they decide, Fridays, we only work till one o'clock, and everybody then has to stay at the office, and we all gonna have drinks together. Kijk my maat, laat ek vir jou regheid sê, dit werk nie, dit ga nie werk nie. Dis dan wanneer jy jou stiletto hakkies met inskop, en sê nie dankie, edel achtbare directeur van hierdie maatskapie, Ek is aangestel hier zo so om te werk, ek is nie aangestel hier om te party en om te drink nie, baie dankie, ek ga nie aan die wereld getransformeer word nie, of jy nou daarvan hou of nie, ek ga nie by jou wereldse program inpas nie. Right? Can we talk some truth? Because the devil wants you to lose yourself. And this whole world system is designed to get you to lose yourself in the journey of life. Uh, just fit in. If you want to get the job, fit in. I can tell you many stories that will make your stand up like that. But maybe you could tell me more stories. Because I lived in a confined world, the church. You're living out there in the world. You need to know who you are and whose you are. And you need to, like Paul says, present your body. And there are certain things that should be non-negotiables for you. Right? Hello? Hello, heaven to earth. Hello. Certain conversations not to be had. Certain messages on social media not to be sent. Certain emojis not to be sent. Listen, you're the only people here tonight. Let's just draw a curtain because you're the only ones listening to me tonight in any case. Amen. I mean, if somebody sends you a message, don't be that gullible. The first thing you should say is, what does that person want from me? Kaptein Zardijn, ik het jou op je vlug gezien. Wat een wonderlijke Vlenier is jy nie Ek het so veilig gevoel op die vlug Ek wil je bedanken. Ik wil vir jou persoonlijke bosje die blomme bring nee, ek wil vir jou persoonlijk geskenkie bring By die hotel waar jy blij Ek ek want jy hoft nie af te steen nie. Ek spreek nie 'n vloek oor jou uit in dit nie. Maar dis hoe maklik dit is. Nou ek het almal ek praat die waarheid want almal is nou so. Okay, says says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind which is opposite to the world's way of thinking that you may prove what is God's good Acceptable, Perfect will of God for your life. Amen. And we all want that, right? We all want to live God's perfect will. Lift your hand if that's you. Say amen. But he doesn't stop there. He says, for I say. Now he talks about the perfect will of God. Living the life that God has for you. He says, I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly. What's he saying? He's saying don't think outside of your grace. Don't think outside of your design than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Every one of you have received the measure of faith. We're not talking about saving faith, yeah. We're talking about the measure of faith that accompanies the grace of God upon your life, the faith that you need to succeed in life. So if you operate outside of your design, you operate opposite, you operating outside of your faith, outside of your gift. That's why you're trying and you, not you, people try and try and try and it's not working. Now we all hit a dead end street at times. We all go through difficult patches but we cannot always be at a dead end road. Then we have to take a step back And ask the question, am I doing what God called me to do? Am I in my grace? Is what I am doing fulfilling me in Jesus' name? And again, nobody starts there. You start somewhere like Joseph. In a prison, in a pit. Nobody starts at the top. Only a grave digger, right? And a oil uh, digger start at the top. The rest of us start at the bottom, and with God's grace, we work our way up to the top, little by little by little. Like Joseph, the man, be, or like Isaac, the man began to prosper and was prospering until he became very prosperous. God's hand is upon you. You are industrious. You touch something and it's blessed. And if it's not working, you touch some, something else. You just know what to do because you have the know-how, you have the grace, and you have the faith. You don't pray for the faith. That's where people miss it. They teach faith as a formula. Well, there's a truth in developing your faith. But when it comes to life and fulfilling your destiny, you have to understand the grace that you have. And with the grace, you have a gift. That gift enables you to do what God called you to do by His grace. So if you're a campus pastor, you know what to do. People listen to you. If you're a doctor, you know what to do. I watch some of the doctors in our church. I'm, I'm I'm amazed by people that can stand and operate for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. One close friend, a professor in Bloomingdale, we talk often and then he stands in the operating theater maybe three times a week and he operates literally 12 hours a day. That is supernatural. He plays worship music. I talk to him 11 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. Then he's still all refreshed, etc. That is the grace of God. If I cut you open and I see you bleed, I'm going to fall over, okay? It's not going to be a good day for you. It's not my grace. But He is graced for it. He is energised by it. Come on, man, you know what I'm talking. Some of you can work with uh, finances. You are energised sitting in an office and working with finances. You are energised solving problems. You are energised in marketing something. Not everybody is a marketer. Not everybody is a marketer but everybody has a grace and everybody has the faith to fulfill that grace upon your life so that God can get the glory. So when we step outside of our grace, we have to pray harder and people are frustrated because the harder they pray, the less things happen. I am trying my best. My yoke is easy. Pastor, you're not graced to sing. You're right. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. Doesn't wear you out and uh, I'm trying, I'm trying, and I'm getting evaluated and I'm feeling like a failure. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you step into the grace that is upon your life, it's easy and it's light. Even when you are tired like I am often, because I really work. Some people think we only work on, on, on Sundays. Really, yeah, nie, lekker man, lekker vir jou. Seker hy doem nie brandwoord was, waar jy groot geworden het. Seker, is nie brandwoord So I can be as tired as a dog, when I step into my grace, I'm energized. I don't have to stand before I come and preach and say, In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm anointed, I'm appointed, I'm blessed, I'm highly favored. No. You are or you ain't. You have to find it. Otherwise you live in a state of confusion. You are looking for something, because until you don't discover, like Paul on the road to Damascus, he discovers Jesus Christ, and the next thing he does is what he, the most profound two questions any human being can ask: Lord, who are you? Because outside of Him, you're never going to discover you yourself. And he's smart enough to immediately, after this encounter with Jesus, because the way Jesus works, it's a quick work. Salvation is quick, transformation, liber- uh, uh, delivering you from darkness to light, is instantaneous. But because he's a learned man, educated, understands the Old Testament, the Scripture, etc., he's a mature man, persecuting the church, wrong purpose. He understands life has a purpose, which most people are still trying to figure out. There's a purpose to life. And he immediately after his encounter with this Christ that he's persecuting, he says... What is it that you want me to do? And right there, he discovers his I must that keeps him for the rest of his life. And you can read it. His I must was he had to preach to Caesar. So God kept him. God sustained him. People tried to kill him. People uh, they were uh, people that waited for him in cities. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He was mugged. He he was attacked by animals. He was uh, uh, adrift in the sea. But he could not die because he never finished his I must. You see, when they were on that ship and everybody was afraid that the ship was going to go down, he said, listen, there was an angel that appeared to me. Uh, This ship is not going under. I said, your life is not going under. Your business is not going under because there's something you still have to do. There's still an I must that you have to fulfill. So if you are serving your I must, God will take you through the storm. God will keep your boat afloat. And if your boat breaks up, there's going to be some plank or some driftwood that you are going to hang on to and you are going to float back to the safety of the shore and you are going to go. Somehow you're going to get to Rome and somehow you are going to preach the gospel and somehow you are going to do what God called you to do because God will keep you alive all the days of your life if you serve your I must. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on. There's an I must that God has for you. But your I must is not my I must. We are all new creatures in Christ. We are all born again. We all have experienced the saving grace of God. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Then verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship created, recreated in Christ. And to good works. Which God has beforehand ordained that we should walk in them. So he talks about your identity in Christ. Then the next verse talks about your destiny in Christ. You have both. Not just identity. Saved. New creation. Second Corinthians 5:7. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, Behold, all things have become new. Galatians 2. The life I now live, live, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So in Christ, I'm complete. In Christ, I am free. In Christ, I am forgiven. In Christ, I have all things that pertain to life and godliness. But God says, I'm going to take it a step further. I didn't just get you saved to be saved. I saved you and in your Christ identity, I have a divine purpose for you. I handcrafted you, I designed you. I put a grace upon your life, I put gifts upon your life. Can I tell you my friend, if you will get a hold of that, you will never look for anybody else's affirmation in your life again. You will be on your road to liberty and to freedom because every day whether people vote for you or not, whether people believe in you or not, you will be unstoppable like Jesus Christ and you will finish what God called you to do in the name of Jesus like Paul the Apostle who said, I have run the race, I have kept the faith and finally there is a crown laid up for me which the righteous judge will give to me on that day and also to everyone that loves His appearing. God has called you, God has saved you, but more than just saving grace, You need empowering grace to live this life that God called you to live, to be the doctor, the lawyer, the dentist, the architect, the teacher, the healthcare worker, whatever it is that God called you, you need to step into your grace and celebrate it and plan and work with that grace of God Said my dear friend, you are going to be an eagle because, eagle, you belong to the sky. You've got to spread your wings and fly. You are not a turkey that are called to, to struggle and flounder around in this world. God has raised you up together with Christ. He has made you sit in heavenly places with Christ. Therefore, in Christ, you cannot sit in the same place day after day, year after year when you know who you are you can fly, you can soar, you can be and you can do all that God called you to do. Come on shout amen. Come on man your best days are ahead of you. Don't scale down, don't resign yourself don't settle for second best you begin to believe again but I have things to do, I've got places to go you don't allow anybody to steal that from you in Jesus' name. You hold on to your I must. You write it down. When people come, my kids know as well. We all are all talkers. We raised our kids to be talkers. They know we're not to talk to their dad. They all know when my face is like Flint and I've heard God, nobody must talk, nobody must interfere. I don't need one sentimental voice, one emotional voice nobody i'll shut every door like this determined arrogantly i'll submit when God talks to me to spiritual leadership but once i've made a decision it becomes an i must want I got to be a senior african but it's a moeilike ding hierdie die dwang van die Here as jy dwang van die Here jou beed kry ek weet nie wat die engels se sê nie daar afrikaans sê maar net daai woord dwang paul says woe is me how does that go with your flowy 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 christianity when paul says necessity is laid upon me to preach the gospel. He says, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. The same Paul that talks about love, child of God. I am a child of God. Same one. That takes it to another level. Necessity. And You see when people treat God's will just with, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move there. And and do you even read the bible that says you cannot do that that says tomorrow i'm going to go to such and such a city and trade and do business and you do not say if the lord wills because your i must keeps you in a place of consecration dedication it's not like okay you're a, i trek now um timbuktu to and i'm going to a guesthouse oop maak my En hy sê, wat ek jou groep om gast thuis hoop te maak? My genade op jou lewe is om te preek. Ja, maar ek wil nou daar by skipskop, skipskop, skip, skip, sit jou hoekie op jou kop. Nu begin jy so praat, mens je adrift, Now you listen to your daughter, you listen to your son, you listen to your mother, you listen to your father. You listen to this one, 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 this one. I told my kids, you need to understand, you serve the will of God. Forget this, that all the bosses are going to sit in one city and you're always going to have your kids looking at one another. The time is going to come where you're going to have to um, make time to spend time together. Because I don't know where God's will is going to take you. I would actually want them all to still live with me in my house. Do you understand that? You're welcome. Just leave your husband's. (laughs) He can go live with his mother. (laughs) What I'm saying through that is um, nothing. Absolutely nothing. What I'm saying is that once you you committed to the I will, it's uh, a... my word i i don't say i've done anything great etc but when god gets a hold of you it's another ball game it really is it really is it takes everything not portions it takes your whole life and then when people have these conversations of comfort convenience etc you can't identify with that because you're living in a place of, I must. But with I must, there's not debates and discussions. It's, I must. Because, you know, i have not always just like, okay, Lord, I'll do anything and go anywhere. I used to pray that, and I stopped long ago. Long ago. I'm telling you. Long ago, because the Lord heard me and he said, Okay, now there you go to Lady Brand. I said, Lady Lady Brand the a stem so can we vote? When do we, 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 we take that place back? Where we no longer live for the master's will. That's what the and I'm not to talk about a heavy. Pastors think if, I, if, I, if I'm yeah I can be there as well if I'm this. No, not if it's God's grace. Or like some people see me pastor a few churches, they try it and they fail. You can't. You can't copy somebody else. You can do what God has graced you to do. You, you cannot, and I'm not saying I'm, gr- I'm great. I'm the first person to say whatever I've done is by the grace of God. But I'll tell you this and I'll say it loud and clear. When the grace of God uh, gets a hold of you, when God gets a hold of you, you lose ownership of your life. And many people are afraid of it. They don't want it. So then it's easier to have conversations on a level of emotion and sentiment. Because when your conversation is there, you're responsible. Once you've heard God, you'll stand before Him. So I pray a lot and I say to the Lord, please, Lord, let your words be few. I mean, don't be disrespectfully. Because when, when, when the Lord speaks... I know I'm responsible. I absolutely do. And it's not something you bail out of. It becomes an I must. And the more you want to let it go, the more God takes hold of you. The more you try and shift out, the more God gets hold of you. The more it's like not enforcing you. But somewhere in a relationship in your walk with God, you go to a place where He gets total ownership. It doesn't start there. And most people never end there. Where he gets total ownership. And then he converses with you on a whole nother level. And then when he talks to you, it becomes a very difficult Because it becomes challenging to people. The Peters, the sentimental, the emotional, that do not know and are not there when God talks to you, become the voices that try to hinder the I must that God has placed upon your life. I pray with all my heart that every single one of you will firstly discover your value and your worth in Christ. In how much God loves you and that you will love yourself enough to not allow anybody in this world, come on man, anybody in this world to take away from who you are. Anybody to taint the image and the person that you are. That you love who God credits you to be and you love yourself and when you love yourself, you see things and people for who they are. That any person who does not lift you to a better place is not good for you. Thank you. Can somebody clap over here as well? Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's not a heavy, heavy. It's, uh, It's life. I got saved and I knew I must go to Bible school. I was studying law. I knew. I was saved. I knew I had to submit to Pastor George Goodyear. I knew it. I was saved and I knew. There's certain things I knew. I must. I knew I shouldn't date. I knew it. I knew that when everybody else was messing around and fooling around, I knew I had to keep myself. I must. I knew it. So a lot of things you just know when you talk to God. And once you say yes, please listen to me. Once you say yes to God, there's no backing out. So when people make these, that's why I don't do these emotional altar calls and that. They say, okay, how many of you are making a commitment and you lay your life down and you'll do anything God tells you to do? I'm not going to do that to you. Because when you do that, God actually takes you on your word. And then he comes and he says, I want you. I want this. You come. I am in Christ. I am in my design, then I must. And that's a journey that progresses as you pursue Christ. It's a journey where you walk... And, and, uh, it's a journey where the further you walk, the longer you walk with God, the more selective you have to become. With, um, with any people close to your heart and your 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 conversation with God, because like this, people shift. When I sit with my pastor, Pastor Ray McCauley, um, I've gone to him for counselling and uh, several times. Then I would go to him, and we've been friends for years and years and years and years. I've never uh, disregarded who he is in the Lord, etc. I've never become familiar, ever, ever. I know him, Holidayed with him. I can tell you many funny stories about certain things, but I've never lost my discernment of who he is, ever, ever. And when I've sat with him, I would always say to him, and I'd talk to him and he'd be like this because we have a relationship of 20-something years, and he would say to me, yeah, I, I, no, I think it's a good idea. i I'd say, Pastor Ray, I don't need you to talk to me now as a friend. I want you to talk to me as a man of God. And I shifted into the place where he can speak into my life I give him that permission Rick Godwin the same I'll talk to him and i say Rick what do you think he says no no, no 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 first time when we opened this uh, 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 ministry in Pretoria and I was still 100% of my time in Bloomington and that was that August when it was the coldest time in 30 years and Rick that time he said to me Art you're going to spend most of your time in Pretoria but this is not the end Now, we know we've gone to Johannesburg. There's other things God's calling us to do. But we're not just going to follow. Our our, our I must, CRC, is not just here in South Africa. Our I must is not just in Africa. Our I must is to go to nations all over this earth and to preach the gospel. Come on, in Jesus' name. That's our I must. We lose our I must. We become adrift. Toss to and fro. What is your I must. Who's interfered with you? I must come back to Christ tonight. I mean, Paul. Yeah, he, he persecuted people, but but that was out of zeal. People lose their confidence because they listen to voices. People become rebellious because they listen to voices, sentiment. I loved Dion Yaya Ruber, the greatest pastor in Ivory Coast. I've been there many times with the biggest church. And he always said it like this the kingdom of God is not a place of sentiment. There's no place for sentiment when it comes to dealing with God's kingdom decisions, ever. The minute sentiment enters, we will miss the purpose of God. So when you walk with God, your feelings, your sentiment has to become subservient. Are you listening? Are you listening? Yeah. That's why it says present your body. Are you pursuing your I must? Have you discovered your I am? If you die tonight, do you know that you'll go to heaven? Not I I hope I would go. Are you living your I must? Are you living the life God called you to live on this earth? You can reconnect with God tonight. You are not going to discover anything outside of Him. And some of you need to close the door to all the other voices that have been talking to you, confusing you and that are steering you in a direction that will steal your joy and your peace you're trying to put on a jacket that God never designed for you other people are trying to put a jacket on you that God never designed for you it's not going to work and listen to me why I say this with, with so much passion to young people Because this will filter through into your marriage. If you're not comfortable in your design, if you're not comfortable in in, in your your occupation, your profession, your career, that which you do 24-7, it will filter into your marriage. You have to love what you do so that when you come home, you come home tired but refreshed. Because... I love this. You love being with your wife more, I understand that, but you're not gonna enjoy being with your wife if you don't love doing what God designed you to do. I've watched people in the ministry step outside of their grace, and it's, it's chaos. It's chaos. They burn out, they wear out. I've watched people leave the ministry and go into business for money. That is chaos. If God's called you to the ministry, and you leave the ministry for money. My brother, my sister, this is not something we choose to do. This is something we are called to do. What you are meant to do in life is something God called you to do. And there's nothing inferior. Being a saleswoman, salesman, being uh, raising your children, If that is what God called you to do, being a teacher, being a social worker, whatever it is, there's nothing inferior. You give dignity to the profession by working with God's grace. Amen. Every one of you called, handcrafted, designed for a special purpose. My suggestion is that you break all relationships with people that are robbing you of your Christ identity and image. Don't clap now, listen to me, because that's going to cost you something. And that you build relationships with people that establish you firstly in your identity. Because until you're not establishing your identity, you're never, ever, 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 ever ever going to be settled. Because you always are looking for affirmation. And people will exploit you. They'll see your vulnerability. They'll see you coming and they're going to exploit you. They're going to use you. They're going to abuse you and you're going to lose yourself more and more and more and more and you're going to try harder and harder and harder to gain acceptance because it's one of the greatest two needs of any human being is the need for acceptance. But that acceptance we receive in Christ. And once you've been, you receive the acceptance in Christ and there's wholeness in your life, then you are ready for a relationship. But once you have not settled who you are, a relationship will mess you up. Thank you for that, Boah, because it is the truth. It is the truth. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving, please. All those beautiful people in Johannesburg, come on. Come on. You're sitting here tonight and you feel lost. You feel adrift. Maybe you served God at one time, but you've grown cold and you've wandered away from Him. Paul on the road to Damascus found Jesus Christ. Tonight you're sitting in this place there in Johannesburg in Bloemfontein in Cape Town, Port of Struam, Kimberley beautiful building in Khabarone, Namibia churches all over South Africa and tonight right there God is talking to you and you know that you've lost the way and tonight you are desperate and, and you, need to, you want to find yourself And I'm telling you that you're not going to find yourself outside of Jesus. You need to come to Jesus. You need to come back to Jesus. You've become a broken vessel. You need to come back to Jesus. You've become hopeless. You need to come back to Jesus. God's not finding fault with you. He's giving you another chance to have a new beginning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. People praying. You say, Pastor, I need a new beginning with God I've heard you. I need a new beginning with God. If that's you tonight, you say, I need a new beginning with God. If that's the cry of your heart, quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hand. I want to say pray for you quickly all over this place. Lift your hand quick, quick, quick. Raise it up. Raise it up. I need a new beginning. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you at the back, God bless you, God bless you. bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, many hands, thank you, God bless you, God bless you, I need a new beginning, I need a new beginning. The guy boyfriend van jou kooks, ek al langs jou daar in die kerk, maar miskien praat die jere met hem net so hard soos hy met jou praat, ek is nie teen enig iemand nie, ek is nie teen jou wat jy gedoen het nie, ek probeer jou help vanavond, ek probeer jou terugbring, terugbring na die plek waar jy moet wees, in jou verhouding met Jesus Christus, hy staan nie vanavond vingerweisend na jou toe nie, hy staan vanavond met ooparms en hy roep jou, want hy wil jou heel, hy wil jou gezond maak, hy wil jou vrede gee, vreugde gee, hy wil jou opbouw, hy wil jou optel, some of you have been through a lot, you have many scars, you carry many wounds, you need Jesus to come and love you and heal you, you need to find yourself in Jesus tonight, just pray this with me tonight. Say, Lord, I lay my life on the altar. You gave yourself to me. You gave it all. You went to the cross and you died for me because you love me. You sacrificed everything for my salvation. Then our Father raised you from the grave and you rely Jesus I want to follow you I want to be like you I want to please you I want to make your name great so you've spoken to me tonight therefore I come and I follow your example and I give myself my spirit my soul my body I give it all to you tonight everything Every decision, every thought, every action, every relationship, I give it to you. And I thank you from tonight that my life, every part of my life will be in line with your design and your grace and your destiny. No longer will I strive for anything or to be anyone outside of your grace tonight I accept your grace and faith to fulfill all that you've called me to do. I rest in you. And I let go of all expectation, all pressure, all sentiment, all emotion. And I open my heart to you to be Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me as I am. Thank you for accepting me as I am. Thank you for making me who I am. Help me to value myself and to see myself through your eyes. In Jesus' name, I praise you. That I'm free, that I'm strong, that I'm whole, that I'm forgiven, that I am washed, that I am sanctified and that I have a beautiful future because you already predestined it for me. I believe it, I receive it, and I'll walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen and amen and amen. Come on. Come on people of God, let's spread our wings and let's fly. Come on men and women of God, let's be all that God said we can be for the glory of God. Come on. Every burden lifted, every yoke lifted off of you. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.